0: Welcome to The Real Deal of Parenting Podcast with Abby Johnson and Regan Long. This show covers all things pertaining to motherhood with authenticity, insight, and a healthy dose of humor. With topics from a Christian perspective, ranging from the everyday challenges of raising kids of all ages to high-profile issues and current events facing families, there's something for everyone. We've got a great new episode planned for you, so let's dive into today's show.
1: We are live. This is scheduled but impromptu and our pages are flip-flopped. This is the beautiful Stephanie from She Rises and we were doing an interview at She Rises and had massive technical difficulties, um, which she and I are not surprised at all about. It's on spiritual warfare and lo and behold, um, We're having spiritual warfare, trying to stop us. (laughs) Stephanie was able to invite other people on except me. It's working on her ends and for others, but not to bring me on. So we were figuring out X, Y, and Z. So now Stephanie, before we hop into this, she's going to, do you see this link on my page?
2: I don't see anything on your page. So if I...
1: It just or tells if, me
2: streamr.com.
1: Okay. Or if you see the real deal of parenting is live where it's spiritual warfare with she rises. So if you go to that, you will see us on there live or Reagan long, you'll see us live.
2: Okay. Like so your, I don't, let's see. Just, yeah. Do it on your, device. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I see us live. Perfect.
1: Now just share just share that actual link onto She Rises, and on the actual page. Share to a page.
2: She Rises. Create post. All right. There we go. Spiritual. All right. Um, Taylor, I'm gonna have you tell me once I do this if you can see it live on She Rises. And I will look up here too. All right. I'm gonna do a share. Okay. I
1: will tell you if it pops up for me.
2: Okay, I just shared.
1: Okay. Oh, yep, we're on there. We're on there live. Is it on? Perfect. It's on She Rises,
2: yes, live. Perfect. Yay! Okay, let's see now. Hopefully, if you go to She Rises, Taylor, what's coming up for you? I know you saw me. Do you see us? Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay. Take that, (laughs) sweetie. We're going to bypass the enemy. That's the wisdom of the Lord, clearly. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Guys, whoever
1: was just with Stephanie and I through all of that, the last 43 minutes, you realize...
2: (laughs) It is so true. And I, you know, it's funny, because I was just saying, here at two o'clock, I did this prep, and it was like, okay, no real issues, but we weren't teaching, then you come on to teach. And it's like, as soon as that, it's almost like the enemies camp, circling, waiting for how can I cause warfare. So thank you, Reagan, for being patient. <laughs> Thank you. And it's like, it's true. Stephanie and I do these things all the
1: time. We're on interviews, we're talking, we're hopping on lives, we're conducting these things. And so, especially for this particular topic, I was not shocked at all. Our, <laughs> our you know, pre time went flawless. And so uh-huh. this is a good sign when you have these it. Attacks, yes. It means <laughs> we're on the right track. It.
2: You know, and again, such a reminder to me that we have to practice what we teach, right? And so we're getting ready to talk about for the next few spiritual warfare and persecution, which again is what I was bringing Reagan on to discuss some of our personal um, just experiences and really in the goal of preparing for the fall. As the Lord's having me write the new Bible study for the fall from Ephesians, Armor Up, Um, As the Lord was saying, get prepared these perilous times, these beginning of sorrows. These are the days that you're in and we have to be equipped by the Lord and by his spirit or we're going to go down every time. Right. And so as I'm sitting here thinking about this, it's just a reminder to me about how real spiritual warfare is. So what I want to do is I wanted to start with two sections of scripture that I was going to read and then kind of have us build off of that Reagan and starting off through that by sharing a personal experience. So I'm going to let you share, um, about spiritual warfare as we look at this and how armoring up, how prayer, how abiding in the Holy Spirit, in the word really helped you through that battle. Because our goal is to encourage others, other women in their marriages, in their families, in being that strong Christian for the Lord, that witness um, that they're not alone and that spiritual warfare is to be expected. It shouldn't shock us at all, right? He tells right. us persecution's coming so we're going to start i'm going to look at two scriptures first for all you girls and she rises you know how i am everything is centered rooted solely in the word reagan and i aren't sharing our experience to trump the word that is not what we're doing what we're trying to do is show you how we apply his very active and very powerful word into are very human experiences those spiritual battles to help us overcome and to stand firm so i want to look at ephesians 6 first ephesians 6 and um, 10 through 17 i'm gonna read and then i'm gonna finish with um first uh peter 5 just verses 8 and 9 and then i'm gonna let reagan take it from there um into um some spiritual warfare in her battle the armor up so the word of the Lord tells us finally my brethren so you can already see the connection here for us as a family in Christ right my brothers my sisters be strong in the Lord and the power of his might that becomes a problem for a lot of us because if I, I maybe I speak for myself but I like to be in control of things and we wanna a lot of times do things in our own strength and try to take control. And the Lord's reminding us this can only be done in the what power of his might. That's that's how we're gonna be able to battle whatever it is that the enemy's throwing at us. And then it says, put on the whole armor of God. You don't get to pick and choose pieces that you wanna put on for the day. He says, put on the whole Armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, which means the schemes of the devil. Now, we're going to see that as Reagan and I are talking about the devil is a schemer. (laughs) We see it in the society we are living in. He is a schemer when it comes to our marriages, when it comes to our families, when it comes to relationships, and especially when it comes to the family of God, the body of Christ. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness in this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. We're going to talk about that. Satan is the power, right? He's the prince of the power of the air. That includes the airwaves, the media that we're dealing with on any given day. He has control of what he's putting before your eyes and in your mind to influence you and to control you. Therefore, again, he reminds us, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. This is why this is so important, ladies, as we're getting ready for our study in the fall, we are in the evil day. And there's a lot of evil and a lot of deception, um, spiritual darkness and wickedness, um, the powers, the forces at work that have been taken captive by Satan to do his will. And so we're going to start to see that we have to be able to stand in this day and there's only one way we're gonna be able to stand. And having done all to stand, Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth. So that's the root of what Reagan and I are pointing back to the truth of the word of God. That is the foundation for everything or your armor's coming off. All right. If it's not held up by the truth, it's coming down. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, not world peace the gospel of peace that brings true peace above all taking the shield of faith which with you will be able to quench all the fiery darts not some of them all of them of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god that's what we're looking at everything's coming back how are we fighting this battle and then finally uh, first peter 5 Verses 8 and 9 tells us this, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. That's his goal, to devour anything in your life. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So I say that I open that as I'm going to let Reagan start sharing her, um, her experience first on spiritual warfare, because really ladies, what we want you to understand is you're not alone in your sufferings. We're, none of us is immune from spiritual warfare and persecution. But as iron sharpens iron, we have to be ready to come together and be honest about, yes, there's these temptations, there's these battles, but there's only one way for us to stand and to overcome. And we want to point you back to the one who's going to help you gain that victory. So Reagan, I'm going to let you go ahead and take over for a few and To share with the ladies here on she rises obviously we have women from all across this planet um about your personal experience that you and i have talked to which was just such a huge encouragement to me of um just one of the examples of the many examples you battle uh with spiritual warfare um and how the lord really helped you become victorious in that
1: you know um when we spoke about this topic, you, of course, so many instances come to my mind because, you know, most people see me and I'm happy and smiling and I'm a friendly person. And that is my personality. But I also, you know, um, I have gone through so much and I've endured so much. And what's, what so many can testify to, the holier we try to become. The closer we get in our walk with Christ, the more the attacks come. Amen, so I've, sister. I've I've had different points where I am so steadfast, and I am so devout, and it seems like I am getting crushed. And what the enemy wants us to do is think, why even keep pressing closer to Christ? It's just painful. It's hard. My yep. ways easier. My ways more fun. And anyway, so I've had so many different things, but. One story that's personally very unique that I wanted to share today um, is my story with my remarriage to my husband. So my husband now is my first husband. He is my second husband. (laughs) We uh, we went through a separation and divorce and we both will testify to everybody it was absolutely the hand of God that repaired our family. And mm-hmm. I get chills mm-hmm. and goosebumps. Yeah, I do too. We, uh, we've been together 16 years. And why I also feel this story is so important. Of course, we know every relationship struggles. Every marriage struggles. The strongest marriages struggle in in absolutely. some respect. Um, But uh, I mean my husband and I I can say aside from and praise Jesus and I pray we never have to cross this aside from ever dealing with a truly sick child or the loss of a child I can safely say we have endured everything else in our relationship from both sides and while I'm not going to go into specifics out of respect for my husband because Um, I'm waiting and we're praying for him to be fully comfortable to tell our full story, but we physically, physically, emotionally, spiritually being financially broke. I mean, everything we have endured, pretty much everything else that you can think of that can go wrong in a marriage or relationship. And so all the glory goes to God for, for repairing our family, but why this is also so pertinent to everybody this is what satan is after today he is after families he is after our children he is after marriages because when you destroy a marriage you're taking down the entire family and so you know my husband and i aside from these big things we were dealing with i was at fault he was at fault we both um contributed to sin we both made mistakes Um, But you get to this point that Satan uses those and you're no longer looking at your faults. You become extremely arrogant and blinded to your own wrongdoings and you're constantly looking at the other and everything you resent. I mean, we truly came to a point that it was resent and hatred and we could not wait to be away from each other. And um, we had four children Uh, we were done with our family and I got pregnant and it was, and I I haven't talked about this forever. And uh, our little guy, he is now he's two. Mm. And I remember when I got pregnant, I cried and I was devastated. And never once did I ever think I'm very pro-life. All babies are gifts from God. Never once did I think of terminating the pregnancy, but I remember crying out to God, please take this baby naturally. Why would you bring a baby? Mm. Like Mm. I'm questioning God, like, please, what are you doing? Like, this is a horrific situation. I just remember just being so desperate. Why are you doing this? I was in a depression. I was just beside myself. Like now a baby is coming into this mess. Right. And is the pregnancy went on many things got worse but near the end I noticed that I stopped I I put aside all my other specific prayers and I prayed to the Holy Spirit and I prayed to God I no longer know how to survive I'm done I need peace that's all I was praying for anymore I need you to bestow such peace upon my family and however that's going to look I completely relinquished all control all of my selfish requests, my Mm, timeline, mm. and we got to a point near the end of the pregnancy that we could stand to be with each other in the room. It was peaceful, there was no longer arguing. And then we slowly started to talk. And um, it was, I don't even, it wasn't even a specific circumstance, but this baby, God used to completely heal and repair our family. And he is the light of our lives now. Mm. And I think of Romans eight twenty eight. you know, God can take anything and use yes. it for yes. so much of our hurt and our pain. And we were completely, utterly destroyed in so many respects. And then I always say, and then God stepped in. You know, and we have this beautiful thing. So many of us like forget we have free will. God loves us that much that we have free will. That's right. When I stopped being so selfish and when I started to have such a childlike faith and completely surrender and father, this is your way now. I'm, I'm, this is not working my way. He completely started to transform our ways that my husband and I were kind of left speechless. And I mean, a year later, we got remarried. And what I want to to share, which is so important, um, it has not, you know, we did not remarry each other because it was
0: Oh my gosh,
1: we miss each other, and we have this burning passion and desire to be back together. And everything is so beautiful and great, and we have forgotten the past. It wasn't that, right? It was, um, and it wasn't for the kids, you know. So often you hear, "I'm doing this for the kids," right? Right, right. I can share adamantly, and it's such, and I think a lot of people on this page will agree. As some people are going to think this isn't right. My first reasoning, which today is the same reason, was in obedience to God. Amen. I completely turned my heart over. I got to this point that I prayed every day, Lord, strip anything and everything for me that would ever permit me from spending eternity with you. And I want to do your will. No longer. <clears throat> and so my commitment was not easy. We still have many days it's not easy but my first and foremost center is in obedience to god and it seems to help make everything else fall into place and you know um my husband and i don't see eye to eye on on you know several things and um but i have to tell you there's it's god it's god why we're still is a family of 7 Yep. we're here today and so yes like and I feel it and we get attacks we see it on both sides that sometimes I get nervous I let Satan get to me thinking man I put them down once imagine especially the eyes on that family what God repaired if I take them down again imagine the victory in that so, absolutely We, we get it from both sides, feeling those spiritual attacks against us and our marriage and against our children and what's going on in the world. Satan's trying to use that to divide us. And truly I am digging into my Bible guys. I will, and this is going to mortify some of you, but I'm being honest. I have been so close to Christ since I was young, um, but it wasn't until age 37 that I started digging into the Bible. I I felt so, (laughs) I felt so arrogant and strong in my, my relationship. Yet I was so weak in my Bible Mm. and this year I started every night digging into the Bible and learning and it has just enriched me so much. And it's just another anchor of, of, in my relationship with Christ. And so, um, I love how Stephanie is constantly, she and I both authentically use this, whether we're talking to a friend or we're doing an interview. If now more than ever, it is armoring up in Christ because all these, yep. whether you're not seeing it yet or not, all of these attacks, they're not coming. They're not imminent. They're here. They That's are right. here. And it is swarming around us. And truly every day I pray that I'm so that i'm so blessed to not have a veil over some of these things and to be able to see it so clearly um and i just truly testify that it's it's my relationship with god and so um these attacks still come they come individually they come in my marriage they come as a mother and how i'm parenting um mm-hmm. i feel we're up against battles everywhere and um not in this isn't getting political this isn't every realm every aspect of our lives but i you know and stephanie and i have spoke what we're seeing now in our world in every facet of life i just see this is the bible absolutely playing out i, yes. see, it being, yes. I see it being um absolutely groomed for the mark of the beast absolutely I like I, it is, and it's chilling and humbling. And when I get scared, and when I get so angry, sometimes I get downright angry to be living in this time. And how is this happening? <laughs> um, those, um, you know, those type of feelings. You know, I pray for the Holy Spirit to, to come into me, and I pray for grace. And I remember Esther 4:14. And perhaps this is a time for which we are created. And so I'm like. Yes. So people like you and I, Stephanie, and all of these phenomenal followers of your page, we have to remember, no, God does not. He chose us. We were divinely chosen to be here for a time such as this. And I have children and our children were chosen for a time such as this. And so it is armoring up in Christ and I have my Bible right here at my desk. I have my Bible. I have a picture of Jesus <laughs> I have my right here at my desk while I work all the time. And, you know, what Stephanie had also said, too, I think what we're seeing now, and this is the biggest thing that pains me. It's not the people what's painting me so much right now, Stephanie. It's not the people who don't believe in God. It's right. not the people um, who were, you know, even be blaspheming and and things like that right now it's it's the christians that i've seen that are falling so off track and picking and choosing what they want to believe and creating such mass confusion and taking our lord's word and taking it where it's there's no more truth right
2: so i feel like reagan you literally again which does not shock me by the holy spirit you literally just set me up Uh, (laughs) (laughs) if anybody knows we did not when we did a trial run it was just a hey how are you connecting we did not talk about our words and what we were sharing and i feel like you just literally set me up for my personal experience of what the lord led me to share today (laughs) Um, from that aspect of spiritual warfare. And you're spot on. You're spot on on what you're saying because if we really think about it, your angle and what you're talking about spiritual warfare is coming from the family unit, right? God created them male and female and he told us to go forth and to multiply. So from the spiritual warfare, warfare realm, it should not shock us those are two of the things right now that Satan is trying to undermine, right? The marriage, the family, and then reproduction, multiplication, go forth and multiply. So whatever God commands, it's the enemy's job to undo that and to cause us to become rebellious. So even more so outside of that family unit set up by him, my spiritual warfare comes from the family of God so obviously we have christ as our bridegroom as our head we the church are the bride and you're looking at this marriage relationship being heavily under attack and what is the way that's done well one of the things i talk about in spiritual warfare in waking up the church is kind of what you alluded to reagan which i loved and just from the human standpoint When we have trouble in our marriage it's so easy to look at all the faults and point at the other one right and i want to justify why you've hurt me or you're not meeting my expectations you're not meeting my needs all right that's easy for us to do and to point at that but when i look at it just from the biblical marriage i often think i've taught on this before in my bible studies with these girls here at she rises Well, let's look at the account. Um, Everyone loves to use this, by the way, in the church. Um, Remember when Jesus comes onto the scene and all of the religious leaders have brought out the woman caught in the act of adultery, right? Right. She's on the ground and they are all ready to stone her, which in and of itself, actually isn't so much the bad thing that was the law that was the corporal punishment law for the jews at that time so that's really not argument what it is is the rapid response of looking at the plank or the speck in someone else's eye without paying attention to the plank in our own and so while they're ready to stone this woman whose husband is, he, you know, all these men are here. She has been found caught in the act of adultery. Jesus stoops down fulfilling the prophecy in Jeremiah. And he begins to write in the ground. I think it's Jeremiah 6. 17 maybe, I'd have to go back and look. But anyway, he begins to write in the sand. Well, any Jewish scholar would have recognized at that time exactly what he was doing because he's pointing out unfaithfulness. And what Yeshua, what Jesus is trying to show at that very moment is, why are you about to stone this woman for her unfaithfulness when your bridegroom has come? He's standing among you and has caught you in the act of adultery. You were unfaithful to me with the world, with your idols, with the things of this world, and you're ready to not show mercy and offer that to someone else because you're too busy thinking that you're right. Well, that puts us into the category of Laodicea, which is very much the last day's church, and it's where we're at. So what my point in sharing that is, is I have found spiritual warfare, being my calling is in the church. It's not like you said to the unbelievers, yes, we should always be sharing the gospel, living that out, praying, wanting all who will come to repentance to come. But my specific calling was in the church, the Laodicean uh, Laodicean apostate movement in these last days. And my heart is for those who think they're one thing when the reality is they're another. And so I remember in talking about spiritual warfare, I'm gonna share my little account now of for all of us who are trying to endure sound doctrine, press on through sanctification and holiness, desiring to be pleasing to our bridegroom, recognizing the signs of the times, that what happens is as we do that, as Reagan pointed out, it's like the heat gets turned up in the battle, right? And it's not so much that you're even the target, it's that you're in the way of Satan's actual target, which is God himself. And he needs to remove you and get you out of the way. And so what I found was, um, as scripture says, for all, not some, for all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will, not might, will be persecuted. So we're talking about even persecution, through here of attacks, you may have received Reagan for choices you made even in coming back to your husband and being forgiving and him forgiving you whatever there's, there's always going to be some a, a way that people are, are going to be used by the enemy to attack us, right? Um, I know you and I stand for a lot of um, truth. <laughs> and especially in this day and age, exposing the darkness gets us heavily attacked. Um, I think we spend more time losing people than maybe gaining people. Right. <laughs> and yeah. that's OK. Like We're yeah. not in that for our yeah. following. We're wanting right. to help people genuinely follow the one they should be following. But I say all that in order to encourage people that when you're doing that. I remember um, years ago, actually my first time living in Florida, When the lord fully called me into which took years and years and years of him prepping me for this calling in uh ministry because as you know we have to live a lot of things out and as we said earlier we have to be able to practice what we're actually teaching otherwise we're just a hypocrite and so i remember going through that being called the lord put me on staff actually at a couple of churches at this point and I was really getting overwhelmed with all the apostate teachings and the hypocrisy, the watered down the worldly entertainment, things I was seeing. Um, and it was like, if anybody is going to be held accountable, it was really the shoot the messenger type thing, if that makes sense. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't want to hear quit, you know, you're too legalistic, you take the Word of God too literally, it really became that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I remember one night going into my bedroom and that uh, my husband and my kids were, you know, doing their own thing. I went into my bedroom and I had just dealt with another issue in the church, which the Lord had had me s- expose and speak out against and trying to bring people to repentance and back to walking in his will. And here I was, I was attacked again. And i mean not in a good way. I mean, I have been called everything from a cult leader to an arrogant, prideful, legalistic Pharisee. I mean, I need a shirt that just says been there been called that right. Right. Um, So I started, it's not that I didn't know that these were attacks from the enemy. But as you said, they start coming so intensely. And so um, frequently that sometimes you just feel like I can't I'm going down like I'm going down here. And so I went into my bedroom and I was ashamed to say this a while back, but I shared this with my girls and she rises on one of my testimonies. But I'm going to be honest, because like you said, we have these moments where we just cry out and we're like, just strip us bare Lord, I got to be honest with what's in my mind, even if it's to the shock and horror of others. So I go into my room, and I am in tears, and I just collapse on my bed. And I'm talking to the Lord, except I'm not really talking to him. I'm probably about to chastise, (laughs) And it is Literally me crying out, throwing my hands up, and I said, Lord, I don't want to do this anymore. And here come the really funny words. Now I laugh about it, but I was serious about it then. I said, you have no clue. (laughs) I said, you have no clue what it's like to come to your own people. Like I'd rather be out talking to unbelievers, or those in false religions, or those who are blaspheming. I'd rather be ministering to them than to coming to those who profess to be Christians and trying to point this out to them because they think they're right. And then it's, they literally turn on you, persecute you and attack you. And no faster than those words got out of my mouth, did the Holy Spirit literally take a two by four and go, Open up your Bible, Stephanie, and I want you to get into Matthew. And so I'm opening up the word and he's sitting there and he says, who do you think I came to? Who do you think I came to first? My own people who thought they were mine, that they were walking in the light when in fact they were adulterers. They have left their first love, right? It made me think of Hosea 4, 6. I wrote the scripture down where he says, my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. So no wonder we're living in cancel culture. What do you think Satan has to destroy? His warfare is going to be against truth and knowledge because he realizes without it, people are going to perish. He realizes people are going to believe that they are right with God. When in all actuality, as Matthew 7 also warns, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, and I'll say, depart from me. I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. So in other words, you claimed to know me. You called me Lord. Maybe you showed up for church. Maybe you sang worship songs like Laodicea. You declared my name. You you prophesied, you did whatever, you say you did all these things in my name, but the reality is I didn't know you. You would pick a totally different Jesus to follow who fit your fleshly agenda and your fleshly mindset and your own will. It wasn't my will be done. It was, no, Lord, I still want my, I'm gonna hold on to my own will, but I'm gonna claim that you're my Lord. And so as he began to convict me in that, And grow me obviously it humbled me greatly to go oh wow jesus said that's who persecuted me was my own that's who stoned me was my own and yet i still loved them so much that until i took he took his last breath on that cross and even then he said father forgive them for they know not what they do so until they take their last breath Isn't it really if we're following Christ, isn't it our heart and our goal that even as they persecute us or ignore us, it's not so that we're in a close relationship or fellowship with them, but it's that we love them so much that we want to point them back to that truth and that freedom so that they are walking in that. And then hopefully that will bring us back into unity and into relationship. So, I think you and I are, you know, we've talked about this before. Um, I know we'll continue on as the Lord, uh, Esther, you're um, again, the Lord just using you to speak that is such truth. Um, we cannot be afraid and we cannot get so frustrated with this world because we see wickedness advancing. Daniel tells us that the final beast kingdom. You and I have talked about this right, knowing that the Antichrist is standing in the wings right now, all of this kingdom is being set up right now to condition and to prepare the world to receive him. So we're watching a lot of these things and it it's causing a lot of fear and anxiety in people um, it's causing the love of many to grow cold, which scripture tells us is going to happen right. We don't want that. We don't want our love. Now, love isn't the way the world describes love. So love doesn't mean I have to agree with you or be in fellowship with you or support your choices or I can't expose you. But love just means that I don't get so frustrated that I attack you and I belittle you and I stop speaking truth to you. Um, And so that's really where we're at in talking about. persecution warfare how we're engaging that in um spiritual warfare so i think the last question i wanted to ask you today is um, outside of the spiritual warfare that we just shared an experience and i know you and i have multiple experiences we face with that and it's only going to increase but we know greater is he that's in us but in what ways is there a way specifically that you want to share in closing today that maybe you experience persecution also for standing for truth and for sound doctrine being on God's word in these days yeah absolutely
1: I you know and I was I was thinking of this while you were speaking um what's What's the hardest thing to watch is, um, and again, when I thought I was doing so good, Stephanie, technically at that point, I was still a lukewarm Christian, right? Right. And so I think we first have to take a good hard look, guys. If there's any time to level up, to armor up in your relationship with Christ, it is right now. It is not time to be lukewarm. It is not time to play in the gray area. It is not time to worry, and this is where I'm going into your question. Worry about people's feelings so so much. Yes, we are called to love our neighbor. So here's where my attacks come in, Stephanie. Um, you know, I I often get, how can you call yourself a Christian? Don't you realize one of God's greatest commandments is to love your neighbor? But yet you're not loving of this lifestyle or this sin, or you're not accepting of this. And here's where Satan is so stinking good, guys, because so often your average person, when they think of Satan, you know, they think of this like evil monster who's gonna come with his pitchfork and fire, and you're gonna right. be able to point him right out, and woo, that's scary. And and that's not it at all. Satan comes disguised as everything you want. He that's gets right. and sly and creates confusion and happiness and enjoyment and fun and that's exciting and and so that's that is how Satan gets his foot in the door and let me tell you if you give him that foot in the door he will bust it down so I and that's how he's gotten into my life in the past when you're just like flirting along that line of but I don't know is this really that bad is this really that wrong I mean he just needs a foot in the door right but so what we're seeing today under this disguise is if you're not accepting of a lifestyle that is sinful or all of these things coming out of people that is not that are not standing in god's truth right. you're not called to accept sin nope. um and that's my biggest hold up that I have Stephanie that I feel that I get so often that is, is extremely exhausting and tiring. I think of having to explain ourselves um, mm-hmm. that we're up against constantly. It seems like every week we're seeing something new that we're supposed to accept. And if we don't right. accept, we're not loving, we're not a Christian, we're racist, we're a bigot. How can you say you love Jesus and you know, Jesus, if, if you're not accepting of that and so right. that, where I feel that line is just, it's such a slippery slope and friends, we are, we are called to love our neighbor. We are called to help and pray for our brothers and sisters, but we are not called to accept sin. Jesus came for that. He didn't come for the perfect. None of us are perfect. We're all sinners. We're all flawed. We all need him. That's right. Um, but
2: we are not called to accept that.
1: Am I saying that, that right, way. Tiffany? We're
2: called to love and to hope. No, you are, because that's the exact point. I, const- I ask people this question all the time. I get the same thing, Reagan. Again, I know you and I are, we deal with a lot of the same things, yeah. which is why I wanted to bring you on, just talk specifically about this topic. Um, But I always tell people, okay, I hear what you're saying about loving your neighbor. And I fully get that that is a command of Jesus. But I want to know if I'm lying to you, am I loving you? And generally, the number one answer I get is no, you don't love somebody. If you lie to them. I go, but see, that's what you're asking me to do, and justifying it by calling it love. So if at any point, I'm lying to you, and since Satan is the father of lies, It is his goal for me to come in and accept your sin or encourage you in your sin and leave you in your sin by calling that love. Well, that's really a lie. And so at the end of the day and on Judgment Day, the only thing that reveals is that I actually didn't love. I was actually a very hate filled person, but at least was the definition of love towards the world standards. Right. Scripture tells us in the last days, people are going to heap upon themselves teachers who will tickle their ears. And so we want to be able to ask ourselves when we're examining ourselves in the faith, is that what I'm doing? Like, am I going around looking for teachers who coddle me and tell me what I want the word to say, even if the word very clearly spells out that that's sin? or the Lord very clearly says, flee from that, have nothing to do with that. That's generally my um, my very first warning right. of the spirit that I'm having a conversation with, disguising yeah. itself, right? That's what you said, not the right. pitchfork. Satan right. masquerades as a minister of righteousness. Right. So you're right, it looks good. And, and, and we're just, and it's not
1: just here in the social media wor- world or your neighborhood that it's we're seeing it in the church everywhere we have pastors and priests who are afraid to it's nothing is sinful anymore everything is love right. ever and we and these people are in charge of helping lead souls to heaven and i am appalled and it's all due to we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings we don't want right. to set anybody off hurt my feelings if it's right. gonna get me to heaven right. If it's gonna save my soul hurt Amen. the truth the truth hurts you know what I mean? <laughs> How for a bit, let my feelings be hurt, let my ego be stripped down, if it's going right. to save my soul. That's right. You know, I've heard, I've heard different people. Um, I, 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 an elderly woman who had a conversation, the story was shared with me recently, where she was living a life of sin, her complete lifestyle was in sin, she was very old. And she was so sweet, but ignorant, and said, I never knew that this could prevent me from getting to heaven. She said, All these years, hmm. nobody loved me enough to tell me that right. this could prevent me my entire lifestyle from getting to heaven. And she right. truly was upset. Why didn't someone upset me? Why didn't right. someone have the nerve to come to me and hurt my feelings? Right. And at least share it. Share it, you know, you don't have to be degrading. God's right. words. Right truth stands on its own Amen. and sometimes I get so defensive that God's word stands on its on its own and so our biggest thing is we have to share God's word directly and with love and very boldly and be unapologetic that's about right. it. And I know that's what Stephanie and I are trying to try to do daily. We get persecuted um you know we're like fed lies. And, it, and it's just a matter of being so rooted in Christ that hopefully these things don't shake us for long. We're human, you know, we get rattled naturally, um, right. but, it's, but it's just praying, Lord, take over Holy Spirit, give me your graces, you know, onward and upward. Because when I stopped and it took me going through hell on this earth, when I was completely broken and humbled and on my knees, surrendering to God, it was in that transformation and being so broken that I no longer cared what this world thought of me. I, hey, hey, only, man. I only, and again, it just feels, I only cared about what God thought of me. And again, I mean, of course I want my husband to think good of me. Of course I want my hey, children to think good right. of me. Do I want, do I want to be accepted? We all have that part of wanting to be accepted, but let me tell you, as God is my witness, I no longer, it, it is so, simply about wanting to appease god never wanting to disappoint him again and when you can get there that is a new level of freedom it just
2: is right it is i think it's it's that that is the oneness of um of true love Knowing what Christ did for us and loving him so much, loving him. So, we're not doing it to make him love us. We're doing it because he first loved us, right? And because he first loved us, we're just responding back. It's why Jesus said, If you love me, you will obey me, right? He's just saying, That's just the byproduct of your love and your faith for what I accomplished at Calvary for you. And it made me think, um, uh, my closing scripture for today was actually from hebrews 10 verse 38 and it's one of those things in spiritual um battle and spiritual warfare that i keep very close to me um because a lot of times yeah we want these wonderful promises of god and we know we're o- an overcomer we know we're going to be victorious we can understand all of those things But I also think we need the other side. The Lord gives us both sides, the the blessings and the promises, but he gives us the warnings for a reason to keep us on that straight and narrow. And Hebrews 10, 38 often reminds me, he says, but my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. And so I often think, it's that reminder you know they go on to write that's not us at all though if we're in the faith if we have faith if we are saved in christ we're not going to shrink back no matter what this world throws at us no matter what avenues or tools the enemy uses to creep in around us and to try to bring to discourage us or to create fear or doubt um Whoever he uses to come in, I think about even the most well-intentioned people, you know, Peter with Jesus, right? What, is he, what did he say as Jesus is explaining what this is going to cost him? Peter in his mind is clearly thinking, whoa, 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 you don't need to be talking about that's not going to help the faith. Telling people you're going to be crucified and this is what it's going to cost you. And Jesus even looks at Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. You don't have in mind the things of God, but of men. And so a lot of times, even the most well-intentioned people will be placed around us and the enemy will take even their mouths to use us and to to use them to discourage us from being obedient to to God's plans, to Christ's plans that are going to cost us something where we're having to take up our own cross and deny ourselves and follow after him. And so, i really want to encourage you girls today as you listen to reagan and i for one we want to encourage you you're not alone all your brethren throughout the world are suffering persecution and trials none of us is immune from any of the spiritual warfare against our flesh in our homes and our marriages even within the body of christ and especially attacking our witness and our calling for christ but i want to encourage you the lord has said he takes no pleasure in those who shrink back he just doesn't so we don't want to sugarcoat things and then make that think well that means i need to question my faith or live in fear that's not why he's telling us that he's given it as a warning to simply let us know if you really love him don't shrink back because as reagan said we don't want to displease him we're not getting up to live our life each day and how can i displease the lord it's how can i please him And so if we know that he doesn't want soldiers who are retreating in the battle, and then we wanna daily get up and say, okay, Lord, by your spirit, I'm armored up. You've already given me everything I need to go into today's battle. You don't need to worry about tomorrow's battle. We're not there yet. Just for today's battle. I'm ready for whatever that is. You have to be willing, as Reagan was just pointing out, persecution when it comes. And sometimes persecution is going to come when you speak truth to others. And that means they may attack you. They may walk away from you. They may belittle you. But if you love Christ first, even before your neighbor, and then if you love your neighbor in the truth, You have to be willing to, even as Jesus did in John six, when all the disciples were following him and he starts telling them about taking his flesh and taking his blood and that what that means. And they said, this is too hard of a teaching who can handle this. And it says they turned and they followed him no more. Guess what Christ didn't do? He didn't run those people down and say, wait, 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 come back, come back. Let me see if I can re-explain this to you in a way that won't sound so hard or offensive or, uh, you know, because I really want followers. He turned to his inner 12 and he said, are you going to go to? I'm not changing the truth for you. Let them wrestle if they need to wrestle. Because Peter figured it out. Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You alone have the words of life. You are the only thing we need to find true salvation. Your work was enough. And so we just want to now follow and obey you because your sacrifice was enough. And there's nowhere else we can go for this. No matter how hard it is, no matter what it's going to cost us. So let us encourage you girls today, armor up. Perilous times are ahead, but Jesus Christ is our victory. The battle has already been won and the armor is given to you. It's going to make you look very different. The wicked, Daniel says, will become more wicked, but the righteous, they will shine brightly in these last days. Regan thank you so much my friend for joining me yeah. standing so in the fire
1: yes and we figured out we figured out a way I
2: mean my it took it 43 did. minutes <laughs> <laughs> absolutely once again we have persevered so I look forward you can find Reagan at the real deal of parenting such a great site for those of you wanting to. Um. continue your marriage, raise your kids the godly way. Obviously, I look forward in a few weeks, I think I'm going to be with Reagan yes. on yes. her show. So you guys can catch us again, talking about new things. Um, and again, we look forward to continue seeing you on She Rises this week as we continue to armor up and stand firm in the faith. Blessings. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Thank you.
0: Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can stay up to date with what we're doing at therealdealofparenting.com or on Facebook and Instagram. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. Thanks for spending your time with us. Let's
2: talk soon.